last time on Dice Funk. I got involved with some Crown Corporation stuff, and I might need to try to find Nucky. They're called bank records, and I have access to all of them. You would do something against the rules for my benefit? Algernon Sharp? It's also kind of what got him into financial trouble and, like, ruined his whole family situation, so he's like, I shouldn't do that, but I could kick his ass. How much memory do you have of your time before waking up in that dumpster? So there's a lot of details that are missing, but there are particular names that he remembers. So you're going to send a message to someone from your past who your memories about are clouded, and there will be consequences for that. Right now, you don't get a message back, so that's going to be part of the ongoing fence side quest, basically. And then it's going to be signed with just um, the letters T-I as just the, the name. That stuff you gave me the other day was, like, really good, but also I'm dying? (laughs) Yeah, it does that. Is there anything that helps? Like, what makes this stop? More? I can hang for a little bit, but I gotta be gone by, like, 8.30. I got a meeting. My plan is simple and foolproof. It will require you to risk, if not totally obliterate your entire career. just jump right in you guys are in Beauregard textiles the giant garment factory that where Beatrice Beauregard makes her office I described it last week as basically Willy Wonka's dress factory or no, Willy Wonka's fashion factory mm-hmm. I called it I like that turn of phrase it's that it's enormous there's her her office has a window in the back where you can look over like the floor where there's just rows and rows of looms and they're all like technologically advanced and just hundreds of workers making basically all of the clothing that anyone in Valentine wears um, in case you didn't pick up on the subtle hints, uh, Bo is of the 10 branches of Crown Corporation. She's in charge of the fashion and beauty uh, line, basically. There, there are 10 departments, 10 branches, one for each of their symbol, which is a tree with 10 branches, if you recall. Um, and that's where you guys are. You're in that office. Bo has a plan, but she says you're not going to like it. We'll see about that. Could be a good plan. Let's la- Let's hear it. I'm pretty sure the way it was summed up that it is that it's going to ruin Katarina's career. So mm-hmm. have fun with that. <laughs> uh, Bo taps her, I guess, tablet, because that's the year we're in now. And she pulls up the script for the wrestling event that you all are going to be heisting. Uh, it is at the King Coliseum. It is a tag tournament in the Valentine Wrestling Federation where Katarina wrestles. Uh, and it's an indie league, so it's a little bit like loosey goosey. I'm not a hundred percent certain, so if I say anything wrong about wrestling, Chris, feel free to jump <laughs> in and correct me. It's fun. We'll we'll learn together. You started off quickly by saying there's an actual script, which I found very cute. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> more, more like an outline. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not it's not word for word or anything. You get on the mic, and sometimes things just happen. Um, but she pokes her her pad and shows it to, uh, to you the basic outline which is you win 
uh, all the way up to the semifinals, basically the second to last round, at which point you're supposed to lose. Um, and then someone's going to avenge you in the finals. So you are not scripted to win this event, which means you will not get the belt that you're there to steal if you follow the script as written. Uh-huh. So that's the first thing she shows you. I'm trying to think how to explain this without getting like too deep in the weeds on wrestling minutia, right? Because <laughs> there's a Bin lot. In weeds, deep in weeds. Oh wait, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the only one chanting that. Great. Hey, I I I like weeds too. <laughs> I'd like to get deep in the weed. <laughs> I was gonna try to set you up, and you just like took the joke. It's fine. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren four twenty plays it. Um. All right. So you're not going to win this tournament, but Bo says to you, uh, you do make it to the second to last round. So if you go against the script and you just win anyway, you'll be in the finals, at which point it's too late to read. You basically can screw job your way through this thing and at the end win anyway. It will destroy your reputation. You'll probably get sued for breach of con- contract. You'll never work in this town again. Everyone will hate you, uh, but you'll get you'll leave with the belt. And that's all she cares about. Uh, so yeah, Katarina is going to just kind of outright say, she's like, that would completely destroy my entire career. Like once a wrestler is known for someone who goes against script and goes into it for themselves, no company is ever going to hire them again because that trust is completely ruined. Oh, absolutely. And let me be clear. It's not that I have malice in my heart for you. I just don't care about you. And that's, I hope you don't take that personally. I don't mean it personally. It's just... I want the belt and I'm willing to sacrifice you to get it. If it doesn't come to that, that's also wonderful. If we all get rich together, that would be great. But let's just put our priorities out on the table here. So when you came by and explained all this, you said it wouldn't screw with our day jobs, that we could just keep on living our lives like normal. This is very much screwing with my day job. Which is why, sweetie, I of course have a backup plan. I'm not a monster. You should lead with the plan that doesn't fuck over my life first. That should be plan A. <laughs> plan not even in existence should be the one you started with. Now, see, I've, you haven't been to very many corporate meetings, have you? You start with the big ask, and then you get bargained down to the smaller ask. I don't care how big your ass is. Just <laughs> fucking get to the actual plan that works. I'm going to start, uh, Lenara's going to use her claws gently, like one of those octopus head massage thingies, to try to calm Katarina down. Aw, you're going to pet your friend? <laughs> yeah, head massage. It's a negotiation tactic. This is my area of expertise. Body slamming people is yours. I hope we can keep that clear. But this is good. This is important. We should go into this with no illusions, because I do not desire your trust. I do not want your loyalty. Do not give them to me. (laughs) So what you care about is just the bottom line of getting that belt. For now, I want a great many things. This is the one you were equipped to to give me. So that is your value right now. Mm. Carry on. If you have a backup plan, I'd love to hear it. The backup plan is I have it on good authority that the person who calls the shots is open to suggestion. So you, you just want us to talk him into changing the finish of the match. See, that's very different to how I heard it, because how I heard it was open to suggestion is go threaten them until they change the uh, <laughs> script. But Essentially, whatever it is, it's using some sort of coercion or persuasion to modify the script, correct? 
Well, talking and threats are probably the two tacts that won't work. And I'm saying this out of character now. Uh, Katarina, you know this. The person in charge of the Valentine Wrestling Federation is a Goliath named Diego Rivera. Um, he used to be a huge big shot. No, no pun intended. Uh, Goliaths are huge. He was a huge big shot in the big leagues, basically like triple A, you know, WWE equivalent. The flagship corporations, yeah, or federations. Yeah, like he would have been like this universe is, I almost said Hulk Hogan, but he's racist, so fuck him. <laughs> I guess John Cena. He's the, he's the, he's the John Cena of this D&D world. Uh, he makes a lot of corny jokes. Okay. <laughs> where's, he wears jorts. I can't not visualize a, a Goliath wearing jorts now. For those who don't know, Goliaths are basically bes- between human and giant size. Like they're very, they're basically Hagrids. They're big old Hagrids. For a moment there, I thought you were going to explain what jorts were for the audience. <laughs> <laughs> that so, would be good. <laughs> type in a picture of Kevin Smith onto Google and there oh, you go. Oh no. All right. So Diego, he was a big shot in the biggest leagues. And after he retired, he wanted to be a commentator, but he wasn't quite good enough to commentate in the big leagues. So he, he got a job commentating in the indies which led to him basically being the showrunner as well because he has the clout and the charisma and the name brand recognition mm-hmm. so in addition to doing the commentating because he likes to do that uh, he is also the person who has the authority to change the script if something better comes along you can't really convince him because all he cares about is getting the best ratings and getting his face out there and you can't really threaten him because he's 10 feet tall it could punch through solid steel mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, you, he's the one you would need to convince to let Katarina win, but you're going to have to be creative to do that. He is the booker, as they call them in the industry. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I know. If I can, if I can come up with a reasonable explanation of why Katarina should be there, I do have some magic that helps make people a bit more suggestible, which might be a route. Obviously, Katarina is not going to do this alone, and lucky for all of you, I have a way to incorporate you cleanly into my backup plan. And she pokes her tablet a little bit more and she says, uh, wrestling leagues are, especially indies, are in constant need of jobbers. Is that correct, Chris? Yes, yes. Okay, I threw around a lot of trading card slang last episode, but none of it was plot relevant. I just threw it out there because it's fun and I know it. You can totally not know any of this, but this stuff is plot relevant, so we have to stop and explain it. Basically, jobbers are people who lose to the people that the audience actually likes, because if you just have like famous, beloved people fight only each other, you'll eventually they'll lose too much and it could damage their popularity and reputation. So you need people who just, their job is to get their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. And, And there's a constant need for those people, especially in the lower tiers, where if all you're doing is getting your ass kicked in an indie league, you're never going to rise up. So that's it's the lowest of the low. And that can be where the rest of the team gets into this tournament, just as basically losers who are there to get punched and thrown around and then never seen again. Bo says, I have enough contacts to get some of you guys into this tournament. And then after you inevitably and brutally lose, and you will, you will be twisted into a thousand shapes, slammed onto your neck, probably lit on fire <laughs> and tossed into the crowd. Uh, you will then, in defeat, slink back to the locker room past the first level of security within King Coliseum. So I'm just going to put this out there now. I volunteer for Team Loser because, <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, mm-hmm. I'm not. I've not really got the face for victorious winner of wrestling league. I I don't know if I can. I'm, I'm going to be straight with you. I don't think I can sell that one. 
It's important to know your limits. I'm with Frank. Oh, you you want to be on Team Loser? I'm not very strong. High, high five, Team Loser. Bam, high five. One of my favorite things in Dice Funk is when we start party splitting and then giving the individual teams their names. So Team Loser, which is Katarina. Hey! Or not Katarina. Sorry. Wrong cat. <laughs> which is Lenora Desmond and Frank Westerly will go in as jobbers. You guys are a tag team who are supposed to lose in the first round to make other people look good. Just get your asses beat and go back to the locker room and then start sneaking around throughout King Coliseum and try to find out where they're keeping the belt. And Bo just says to you, like, I don't have blueprints, but if you see security, you're going the right way. <laughs> just keep going towards the guards and eventually you'll find what they're guarding. It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's an indie show. The only thing they're going to be guarding is the belt or maybe where the popcorn's kept. And then there's the other team, Katarina and her up and coming brand new debuting partner, who she's going to shepherd to the penultimate round where... They will tragically lose to the heel team who will then be beaten in the finals, which I assume is you, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> also, Styx exists in this universe. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and their worst album exists too? Oh. <laughs> so you to come sail away or what? Oh, holy shit. It's fucking in-ring Nim shipping Kilroy. So this is basically like just a slightly improvised athletic performance following a loose script correct it's simulated violence which is used to tell a story <laughs> you're you're playing roles it's kind of a role playing game where violence is used to progress storylines for characters does that make sense i reckon the four of us as a group can probably manage that it, it it's the sort of thing it even sounds fun to do on a weekly basis maybe <laughs> Probably only once per week, though. Anyone oh, yeah. that's pushing it. More, more than that, no, but once a week is great. All right, so that we have the plan. Team loser, go get your ass kicked, get your butts back to the locker room and start sneaking around. And hopefully, Katarina, you can find a way to wrestle so good you can convince Diego Rivera to book you as the winner. If you don't win, team loser steals the belt. If you do win, you just walk out with it and then you give it to me. Any questions? Can I bring the bear with me? <laughs> Absolutely not. I have a quick question. So on that list of everyone who's competing, is there anyone else who are last minute additions? I don't have that information, but I do know who is uh, supposed to win. Ah, well, I mean, I'm not too focused on that. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out, make sure there's nobody else in the... Well, she's going to do like finger quotes, like game uh-huh. that are involved in this mess, since it sounds like we're already known. It's possible. Uh, all 10 branches are constantly trying to one up each other and do stuff like this exact thing we're doing. Uh, but this is an indie league. It's a kind of minor event. This isn't going to be like us uh, stealing the World Series or whatever. It's it is kind of mostly just for the image of me walking into a meeting with a belt on. Um, that I'm very into, but you can never, I mean, you can't ever rule that kind of stuff out. I don't know that Solomon would even think to counter program this event in particular. He is the chairman of the board, but his division is media. So this broadcast brings in money, but it's nothing compared to like the premier news channel or his internet operations or any of those kind of things. All right. Well, 
If that's all, I got shit to do tonight, then. <laughs> do you? I do. I got a lot of work to do now in preparation for this. Okay. So uh, let's fast forward. Uh, tell me if there's anything you guys want to do in the meantime, because we're going to jump right into it. We have two teams. You guys are going to do some sick wrestle tricks and stunts. I'm super psyched. I'm psyched out of my mind for this. So I think that like Team Loser possibly needs like a, a team name for when we go in. Absolutely, both both teams need names. <laughs> and there is there is one that you had, Lauren. Oh yes, <laughs> the one that you put in the main the main team chat. I quite uh, the main Skype chat. I quite like. It was catastrophic meltdown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh yes, it's, it's the perfect level of pun for Team Loser. <laughs> And so you guys are going to be wrestling under your kind of uh, usual gimmick, which is the the washed up card wizard and the DJ person. Like you're not stretching. You're just going to be DJ Meowvelous and quick draw Frank. I think that's the way to go because like both of us already have like a thing that's like our thing. And I think that we'll do, we'll put on a better performance if we're going with what we know. And I doubt that there's much overlap between like the wrestling scene the DJ scene and the card gaming scene. Oh, you'd be surprised. There's <laughs> nerds everywhere. <laughs> Lenora actually hopes that like this might get her some more exposure as well. Yeah, it couldn't hurt. And at this point, uh, the people who you'd want to hide your identif- identities from already know who you are. You're just not touchable normally. So it's not even like a security risk. Hooray. What a good thing that we, we found out about the game so early in the campaign. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and so katarina what is your team name so i think what we'll go with is since uh she is going out as her character of uh, captain katarina krakenbane uh she has a very nautical theme and she's going to be teaming up with uh a robot who makes music so the fitting name we'll go with is uh, sh- uh sea shanty uh, I was actually going to be suggesting that Ed actually is going to not impose as himself during the fight. Okay, we could change it. It's a very, it, granted, it's a very simple thing that will happen. He will use disguise self to change the appearance of his chassis while wearing clothes on top of that so he doesn't look like the same Forge. He will look like someone different in that regard. So his gimmick can be changed up in whatever way is necessary to fit a particular theme. But you can go with Sea Shanty as the name. That's fine for the team. I think that will work okay. It's just that Ed's going to be not Ed per se in appearance. So our team name is Sea Shanty. Yeah, you said you had some stuff to do? Uh, yeah, so she's like got things she's going to do. Like she'll, she'll uh, like send a message to Ed at some point to ask him about potentially writing a theme song for her. And she has some stuff that she wants to do in terms of like tailoring a new uh, outfit together and building a special something uh, out of her tailoring skills as well. Whenever that message comes by, Ed is going to insist that Katarina come over to his place since he has supplies to help out on both fronts up in his living space above the arcade. She'll like be popping by with like a sandwich that she's grabbed off of like a stand somewhere or something like that, or like six sandwiches from Reese's place. <laughs> and then probably they'll spend time figuring out costume details Ed will probably use Disguise Self a few times over to kind of show different color options for the chassis and stuff to pick out one that looks particularly good for the look. And they will probably spend time both going over what the music will be like and kind of some 
bits about how how the routines or how the different moves and stuff can be executed out. Yeah, as I said, the big thing I think uh, Katarina is going to want to teach him is like the very basic necessities needed to not look like an idiot when you're out there, like how to like fake throwing a punch and how to like take a body drop and things like that, how to run the ropes, like right. simple stuff that you need to do to be a wrestler. Otherwise, you just look like somebody who's staying in a ring who has no idea how you're you're operating. How to sell the different hits and such. You know, don't be a no seller. <laughs> For the audience, selling is pretending like you were hurt. Yep. Um, luckily you're all charisma heavy characters, which is good because wrestling is basically just acting, but a lot of it still hurts. So you still have to know how to take things as least damaging as possible. Mm -hmm. But luckily a lot of that onus is on the perpetrator of the move. And Mm -hmm. since Ed is a newbie, uh, he'll probably be the one taking the attacks more than he'll be the one delivering them. So he'll be, uh, in good hands, hopefully. But that is kind of the story because you guys are a face team. I don't know if I explained this already, but face are the good guys mm-hmm. and you're the person who's like established. And this is this, up, you know, new up and comer that the robot. And so you're helping him. So if he fucks up, that's part of the story is that like he's inexperienced yeah. basically. And your guys, whole thing is that like, you're doing good. You're doing good. Oh my gosh. It's so inspirational. And then you lose to the bad guys who bad guys are called heels. And then in the final round, another team is supposed to beat those guys to avenge you. So Mm-hmm. that's that's totally fine if ed messes up and it's super fine if the team loser messes up they're they're not supposed <laughs> to win anything um but the, the point is to tell interesting stories with violence which is also what D is about <laughs> damn straight he is taking uh, basically very careful notes the whole time while marty at times sort of jumps at uh, katarina insisting that she play with him <laughs> look at me i'm the cat now <laughs> Uh, Katarina is going to no-sell having an interest in that cat. Oh, she doesn't like cats? Uh, no, it's not a person, so who cares? Whoa, okay. Whoa, big, big statement here, all right? I want to kill that droid, I'm not gonna pet the cat, this is a dark character! Wait, you were flirting (laughs) with the cat person, so what's Yeah, that's fine, because she's a cat person, that cat can't talk, that cat can't get a car that she could use to drive places, you can't mooch off this cat, the cat mooches off her, that's the wrong side of the relationship for Katarina. You can mooch those cuddles. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to get Cat, a cat, and Katarina in a room <laughs> together and just have it just really get down to the nitty gritty of what it's like to be Cat. Mm. That's that. Well, that's the sitcom we do, like the sitcom spinoff we have after the show where the three of them open up a pizza place. Yeah, <laughs> three cats in a pizza place. <laughs> okay, well, let's get to the wrestling event because that's what people are here to listen to. Um, you guys, I don't know if you've ever been to like a sporting event as participants, but usually you guys get like bust around to the back through like a really grimy entrance and there's like a bunch of hallways that you have to walk through and like it's poorly lit and like nothing's quite clean enough. I played a lot of high school football, so it's not. Wait, what? <laughs> what position did you play? I can't tell if you're joking or not. No, I'm shocked. I, what position I'm did you play? I'm actually interested as well. What position did you play in high school football? Uh, defensive tackle. What the fuck? Wait, no, hold on. I've seen pictures of you. You're like a fucking buck nothing. How did you play defensive tackle? <laughs> what? He's, he's a big boy. What? No, I, I feel like I've seen pictures of Austin and you're like tiny. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's 6'4", right? I'm 6'4", 200 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, none of this makes sense. This is all a lie. Okay. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's because I visualize too much about the uh, the Andrew Dickman image of you that you use as your avatar, and I always just imagine. I think of you like Shaggy, mm. 
essentially, and that's apparently not the case. All right. I've been that thin before, but not during football or now. It's I yeah. yeah so probably too much personal information about me. Tia, but I'm trying yes. Yeah, I'm trying to paint a picture because like the front of King Coliseum where people come in has like lights and you know big signs and there's camera crews outside and like it's an event and it looks nice and stuff. And you guys go over on the back and it's like grimy and everything smells like sweat. It's like not great to be. And Katarina, you're used to it. If anything, it's like homey. Yeah. But for the rest of you, it's like uh, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, well, she's going around. She's saying hi to different wrestlers. This is actually uh, a big thing in the industry is that you need to say hi to everybody when you show up because there are people who get really angry if you don't. So she's going around making her like <laughs> paying her dues, as they call it. Nice. I didn't know that. I do know that they're all into mobile games really heavily. <laughs> now they are. <laughs> so yeah. It wasn't a thing back in the day. <laughs> now they're all nerds at the company. So they all play video games and talk about comic books in their off time. Yeah, they're, they have a Destiny uh, group and stuff. It's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. So you go in there and you're saying hi to everybody. And I mean, most of them are, you know, on friendly terms with you. So you get highs back. Some people give uh, Frank and Lenora specifically weird looks because you guys don't look like you belong there. Uh, but you guys get into the locker room. I just want to argue that Lenora probably does look like she should be there because she's covered in neon spandex. So mm-hmm. that is true. So, Team Loser, you're first up. Why don't you describe your your costumes and persona so I can do the full intro when you get in there? Oh, I have too many fashion things going on in my head. (laughs) I really love clothes, guys. (laughs) Uh, As usual, I would say instead of sunglasses, because she's going to be, like, fighting, fighting, but she is, of course, very stoned. She's, She's a stoner. It happens. She's got, like, cool goggles. And she's wearing, like, a neon orange bodysuit and, like, platform boots. Very practical for wrestling. Well, I mean, nothing Lenora does is practical. True. She's style over substance. I, I think for Frank, he's he's pulling out, like, the the best anime protagonist outfit that he had about a decade ago that kind of looked cool maybe then, but doesn't really fit anymore, where it's like, he wants to think he looks cool in this, but... It's it's flashy, at least, I suppose. That's about all it's got going for it. Pro- probably involves, like, a trench coat with a very elaborate collar, probably. <laughs> I do love collars. <laughs> Just pop it. Just pop it as hard as you can. Oh, God. Okay, so are you guys ready to do this thing? Let's do our terrible failed wrestle move. Yeah, this is going to be uh, interesting. It is going to be very interesting. So after a while, some geek with a clipboard walks up to you two and says, uh, you guys are on. They're still warming up. Like, there's still some time before it, but this is a loser round. So they might not even be on the stream. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ready. Ready to go. <laughs> I don't get ready. Yet. Stay ready. Nice. All right. So get get ready to go out there when you when you hear your name. I'm just I'm I'm visualizing the fact that these guys are jobbers, so they're going to get what is called in the industry a jobber entrance, which is where when the stream does turn on, they're already in the ring <laughs> and like walking around, and then their opponents who are real like characters actually get their whole full intro and everything like that. See, this is this is very sad to Frank because he would probably put a lot of like over the top effort into his intro that doesn't even get seen by anyone where he, you know, he's probably walking out with a big spiel about sending people to the shady place and, you know, your mind will be lost forever when we defeat you. <laughs> some, something elaborate like that that just no one's going to hear. 
Well, the live audience will see it. <laughs> yeah. I love that because you go out there, you don't know that because I don't think either of you are wrestling fans in character. So you're going out there and hamming it up and you just don't realize that oh, it's only the people inside that are seeing it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but if you guys like peek out there, cause there's like a, a like a long hallway to go out to where the, the you know, the outside of the ring is. Um, you can see that there are, there is a good amount of people of he- in here. This isn't like prime time. This isn't like Madison Square Garden, but it's not like, sorry if this is an inaccessible reference, but it's not like Glow, right? The, next, <laughs> the Netflix series about wrestling where it's like just half a, pe- a bleacher's worth. It's bigger. It's it's sizable. Like there is, you know, an audience for this and there are people here. And when it's when it's fil- when it fills up for like the main events and stuff, like it's going to be popping, but it is also not prime time. So it's, it's somewhere in the middle there between like uh glow and like new Japan wrestling, which I've watched a lot of videos of in preparation <laughs> for this. Ooh, look at you. Very exotic. <laughs> one of the guys has a Sephiroth themed uh, move, which is just <laughs> phenomenal. The one winged angel. He also has wrestled an invisible person, a broom <laughs> and a little girl. <laughs> and there's someone with a teddy bear or it's a cat as a stuffed cat. And it's just, there's a lot of weirdness. It's it's Japan and wrestling, so it's a lot of strangeness mixed together. It's very good. And so is this show. <laughs> so you guys, uh, get ready. And I'm going to have to do an announcer voice now, which I've been dreading all week because it's a very high bar for, like, comedy wrestler, <laughs> comedy commentators in media. You could do Jim Ross, which is just like a cowboy accent, essentially. You're just like, by God, they're coming out there wrestling up and down. It's a goddamn slobber knocker out there. But that just makes me think of, like, cattle auctions. <laughs> How can he wrestle up and down? It just, like, <laughs> look anti-gravity? It's like those, he just has a lot of unique phrases, and it's like he's getting beaten like a government mule is in there. It's a slobber knocker. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just had a great idea. Anti-gravity wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark it. That's like their blow-off match. Like how nowadays it's like a hell in the cell, and this federation they have anti-gravity matches. <laughs> Scare in the air. I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to blow out my voice before I even start. I'm laughing so hard. All right. Hailing from the dark jungles of some godforsaken, uncivilized (laughs) hellhole comes the debut of a wildcat. DJ Meowvelous. Boo. Boo. I'm going to drop the bass on your face. (laughs) That's exciting. Yeah. Also, in case you couldn't tell, wrestling uh, deals very much in broad racial strokes. So they are Mm -hmm. turning you into kind of... uh, caricatures to be booed Mm -hmm. uh which is which is exciting uh what what tact are they gonna take for frank and their tag partner hailing from south the slums of south valentine a down on their luck grifter an all-around criminal scum type quick draw frank Ooh. Oh, your luck's up and I've drawn you the worst hand available. <laughs> you should get drawn and cornered. <laughs> wow, that was one violent crowd, man. You're going to get more than a paper cut from me. 
and my cards. <laughs> so you guys get into the ring, and you got uh, the the stands are starting to fill up now. They're probably gonna like, turn the stream on any second now. And so you guys are out there, and the crowd is getting uh, warmed up, booing you because you look like a scumbag and an outsider, <laughs> um, and, and a non lizard or non robot person, which is who they love to cheer for. And here comes your opponents, uh, the face team, the good guys, and. The announcer, who you know is Diego Rivera, says, And now, your hometown heroes, Argent and Aurum, the Desert Dragons. And a silver and a gold dragonborn come running down the ramp. They're shooting fire and ice and big like X's across uh, just like huge streams that they use to form like their uh, symbol, which is just like a, a, an X made of a huge spout of flame and a huge spout of ice. And the crowd just fucking flips out. And they're so excited about them. <laughs> and their whole story is like they used to be, uh, you know, just down on their luck, lizard people out in the desert. But through hard work and dedication and not whining about wages and not joining a union, <laughs> they, they persevered and they did hard work and they earned success. And they come out and they're like flipping out and they're, uh, you know, doing all their cool pyrotechnics and isotechnics, which is a word I just made up. Also, damn it, cryotechnics. That's the word, idiot. Um, <laughs> um, and they get in the ring with you guys and th they look at you and they're both a little surprised because they don't recognize you. But their whole thing now is they're going to rip you limb from limb in front of everyone. So the way we're going to do combat, which because because this is staged, no one's going to die, hopefully. But we're, we're all going to roll through it. So if you if you miss, you're going to do real damage and hurt somebody. If you hit, you do fake damage and it goes well. So let's roll initiative. Oh, boy. So the goal is not to win the fight, but to put on the best show before you lose. <laughs> uh, Ten on initiative. 10 as well. I have a higher... Also 10. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Do we all need to roll initiative again if we all draw? No, it's uh, determined by the modifier. You see, I have a plus five, so I'm actually faster. Ah. And then it's Frank, and then it's Lenora. So first up... Um... In, in my mind, I visualize these two guys as being like the dragonborn equivalent of the Hardy Boys, which were basically guys who were like <laughs> torn pants and like fishnet shirts and like <laughs> they buy like crosses and very... Very flamboyant outfits. That's who I'm visualizing these two guys I was as. thinking more of the New Day a little bit, but yeah, that works well, too. I had a question about, is it like can, spells? What do? <laughs> okay, so this is a universe in which maggot, magic exists. Maggots. So obviously maggots, <laughs> maggots exist. Oh, no. Uh, magic exists. So, you, yeah, it is used to spice up. Uh, wrestling, you definitely want to incorporate it into stunts and stuff, but it's too dangerous to hit someone with a fireball. You can't really uh, pull your punch on a fireball, so definitely like use it for flourish, but don't don't magic anyone, you know, fatally. Okay. Um, also, I just Google. I tried to Google the Hardy Boys, but apparently that's a book series, and so that was a <laughs> apparently. No, I mean I I, re I remembered now, but I didn't realize it as I pushed the button. Uh, spell boys with a Z, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've done it now. Wow, they, they look like they're uh, very 90s. Yeah, that was that was definitely the vibe at the time. So they're both going to do uh, pretty cool opening attacks. They're going to shoot like a ring of fire and a ring of ice and then like jump through them to kick you. 
so here we go with that. So uh, there, it's it's uh, Orem and Argent, the gold and silver dragonborn. Uh, here comes an attack on Frank, 11, and here comes an attack on Lenora. Six and a botch. Oopsie doodle. Oops. 11 does not hit my AC. Six obviously doesn't hit me. Can I offer something to you, Austin? Yes, please. So for a botch, perhaps this is what some in the industry also call paying their dues where the one dragonborn is just going to walk up and stiff Lodora, which is where you just hit somebody for real because they don't know who these people are. Okay. So maybe this one dragonborn's got a bit of an attitude. I was also thinking, is it botch a wrestling term as well? Yes. Botch is what you call it whenever somebody messes up. Right. And I actually literally botched. So I was thinking maybe this gets a little too rough, but you're, you think it should be, it'd be better if it was intentional. Yeah, this is him, like, just, he walks right up and just, like, I don't know, like, slaps her across the face or something like that. Gives, like, a real stiff punch right out of the gate. All right, yeah, that's cool. So I I think they both missed, which means they both did their moves wrong, which is instead of being safe, they're both going to do damage. So, yeah, let's do the flavor flip, where instead of it being unintentional, they're both basically hazing you. Mm. So this is going to do damage. They go to jump through their ring of fire and ring of ice, but instead of doing a wrestling move, they just actually hit you for real. (laughs) Rude. Six damage to Frank and 12 damage to Lenora. Uh-oh. Ouch. That's most of my health. <laughs> oh, wait. No, no, no. I for- I'm a fucking idiot and nobody caught it. I forgot to up my hit points when I uh, did my level up, so I'll fix that now. That's, that's like a third of my health, so... <laughs> yeah, wizards don't get a lot. No. It's still not great. It's half, yeah. The wizard and the warlock, <laughs> not the hardiest wrestlers of all time, but it's okay. You guys are supposed to lose this. It's, it is right. now Frank's turn. Okay, so I, considering that I'm not supposed to be using magic, I'm like, what do I have that's not magic? And basically, I have a staff, so I guess I'm going to use my staff and try and hit them with the staff. So, okay, so you had you got a staff to start with because that's how Dungeons and Dragons work. Yeah, but you brought it with you, and now how are you incorporating that into your like? slummy card guy gimmick um you're just like also i have a stick wieners (laughs) (laughs) um oh i've been i've been wheeling and dealing cards so long on the street i need a stick (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm dying i've been on the streets too long i'm gonna hit you with my card dealing stick it doesn't have to make sense it's a wrestling story that is very true Yeah, so I've seen some <laughs> shit during research. They'll do just literally anything. So yeah, I have my staff that I have because I'm a wizard and it's D and D, and I'm trying to find something not magic to use. Seven that misses. So I'm doing damage to them. Is that the case? Yes. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Uh, so that's one d six plus one. Uh, it's actually a very interesting inverted way of doing this where hitting means you actually pull off the move and missing means you actually hit by accident. A two on damage. <laughs> All right, so you bonk uh, the gold dragonborn in the face and then he just looks at you like, man, you for real? <laughs> and actually there's a moment where like something passes between you, which like almost like respect. <laughs> um, Lenora, it's your turn. Okay, I want to do magic, but it's not damaging magic, so that's cool, right? It's it's your show. I mean, it's it's a show within a show. I want you to put in on a good wrestling performance so that you put on a good D&D performance. Yeah, just entertain the audience. Oh, right. So Lenara's going to say, get ready to catch these claws. And I'm going to cast <laughs> Mirror Image, 
But basically, I create three of me, and two of them are fake, and they don't know which one they're hitting. Four of you, three of them four? are fake. Yes. Oh, that's right. Four, three are fake. Um, and they have to, like, roll a d20 to determine whether or not they actually hit me, or if they hit one of the duplicates. And the announcer's like, oh, can you believe this crafty cat magic? How dishonorable. That's not how we do things in a professional setting. Fuck the police! <laughs> Yeah, right. So you make a bunch of clones, and it's, this pisses the audience off royally because they want to see you punch each other. Boo! You're such a cowardly wrestler. <laughs> you know, my clones just like flick off the audience and like gesture. Nice. You're trying to get heat. Is that the wrestling term? Yeah, that's when the audience boos you. Oh yeah, I'm trying to rile them up. That's exciting. All right, so it is now the Desert Dragons' turn, and they're gonna do proper. Marvel vs. Capcom lariats through your clones. <laughs> how, how does this mirror image thing work? You roll? Yeah, I roll. Here's two attacks, first of all. 15 and 15. So, oh, well, one's a 20, so... It hits one, it attacks, the attack goes to one of the clones. Yeah. And then the next one... Eight. They both succeed, so those, those two attacks would hit two of the duplicates and then dissipate them. Nice. So the desert dragons lariat through your clones, but don't hit the real you, and you dodge around them, and there's still one clone left? Yep. And Lenora's gonna say, wrestle much? <laughs> oh my god. I've never seen such disrespect like this before, folks. It is Frank's turn. Frank is gonna use Expedious Retreat so that he can run around the, the stage really fast, and he's basically just going to do this only for his turn. It's a concentration spell, so he'll he'll end it whenever someone tries to attack him to, to sell it, but he's basically going to flavor this as, Oh, what's the matter? Can't hit me. Can you make a uh, charisma roll of some sort? Maybe intimidation to see how this goes over? Yeah. Because you're basically trying to be a a heal by not participating in the fight, right? Yeah, so that'd be plus two for intimidation. Three. No. It's not very intimidating at all. No, it's a botch. Yeah. That's a botch, yeah. Oops. All right, so you're going to take an opportunity attack as you go running around and someone's going to and one of them is going to try to clothesline you. This was the intention anyway. That's that's fair. <laughs> so 13, so it's not going to do me actual harm. All right, so you, yeah, he gives you a wrestling clothesline. What's that what's the term, Chris, for a well-done move? Is there a, is there a word for that? Uh no, just an executed move, you know. You, yeah. You didn't botch. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm, I feel like I've got most of it down. I can't always remember the difference between a work and a shoot. I know one is when it's real and one is which is not. I can't remember which is well, which. Well, then there's also a worked shoot. A oh, shoot, come on. <laughs> a, a, sh- a shoot is when something is off script. So they were shooting on you earlier when they slapped you in the face. Okay. I'm learning so much. This is an educational podcast. I feel like that goes underappreciated. Mm-hmm. You learn all kinds of things about wrestling, about car games, about the Bible, <laughs> whether you want to or not. <laughs> all right. So, Frank, you take a clothesline and you uh, fall down theatrically. Oh, no. I'm. Oh, my hubris has defeated me. The cards did not turn in my favor. Uh, Lenora, it's your turn. You and your clone, I think, are still there. I think I'm going to try and tackle them with my claws. Nice. Which is a very bad idea because it, it's like a strength modifier and I have bad that. You do have bad that. 18? Yep, that hits. So I'm going to have my clone sneak up behind one of them. I don't remember their name, so one of them. I'm going to come at the, one of them from the front and try to fake them out and pretend to slash them with their claws. 
All right, so you fake slash, we'll say the silver one. It's silver and gold okay. because they represent the the success of working hard and not <laughs> questioning your bosses. Capitalism. Yeah, <laughs> and you give him a, a convincing fake slash and he stumbles back grabbing his face. Um, ah, I've been brought low by the dastardly feline. And then Nara's going to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was a, that was a fake hiss. <laughs> I know, it's very good. Uh, and, and now it's their turn again and they're going to run up on you, Lenora. Uh 20 and 9. So one of them hits the fake one, and that one's the spell's gone now because they're all gone. The other one hits me, which is the 9, which does not hit, so suck it. That's real damage. You don't want that. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the two Dragonborn run at you and your clone, and the one that does the move well passes harmlessly through your clone, and the one that goes a little too hard in the paint uh, catches you, and he just yells, these fists are rated E for everyone. And <laughs> 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 punches you in the, in the head for six oh, damage. jeez. All right. Still in there. Barely. Frank, it's your turn. Frank is just going to use his turn to shout, Oh, I can't get up. I I, I drew a hand of all jokers. And and that's his turn. He's he's just trying to sell that he's he's been taken down and that there's only one person on our team left standing. Diego in the announcer booth is like, Can you believe how... How cowardly and out of shape these two are. <laughs> what passes for athletes these days? This is what you get when you don't work hard. You have to work hard, kids. <sighs> Lenora, it's your turn. Okay. So I'm going to, I don't know wrestling terms, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to describe my actual movements because I think <laughs> mm-hmm. this is a real thing. I'm going to use somaturgy to try and make like an explosion y thing look like it happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to like propel myself off the ropes and try to kick one of them in the back with my platform boot. Yeah, drop kick. Lenora wants to put on a show. Yeah. I mean, not knowing wrestling hasn't stopped me from constructing this entire arc, so don't let it get you down. And it was successful, so I didn't actually hurt them. So you do a flying drop kick, uh, which is aided by a thaumatur... Thaumatological? I don't know how that... I, I don't know why I even tried to conjugate that. A thaumaturgy explosion. Yeah, thaumaturgic explosion. Thaumaturgic? What? Mm. And it's orange to match my outfit. Nice. And so you hit uh, the other Dragonborn, the one that you didn't pretend to scratch, because you're trying to draw maximum heat that you're beating up both of them by yourself, basically. Right. And <laughs> Frank's still sprawled out on the ground, and it's their turn, and they're going to try to finish you off. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. 14 and 20. Uh, my AC's 14, so they both hit. They both hit, yeah. One of them picks you up and like throws you up in the air, and the other one, like Ali Oop, grabs you in, does a slam on you. Um, it's a pretty cool, like, joint finishing move, uh, and they slam you onto the ground. Are you going to stay down? I'm going to say the jungle will have its revenge, and then I stay down. <laughs> I see loss in your in in your card dealings. Uh, nice. <laughs> so you guys are defeated, and the the desert dragons are running around the ring. They're celebrating. They're hooting and hollering. They're shooting fire and ice up into the air and flexing. Uh, the crowd loves it. They're going wild. Uh, you guys are out of the tournament as planned. That was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you guys are uh, free to basically go back into the locker room and then to sneak off and try to steal this belt while Katarina does actual good stuff now. Hopefully. Well, obviously, you're going to do good wrestling and you're going to try to put on a show. Uh, you can see 
uh, Diego's announcer box, which is up above the stands. And there's like a glass thing in front of him, but there's a door on the side and it has like a keypad on the outside that, you know, the combination to, because it's not, he's no one's, <laughs> there's no reason to think anyone's after him. So you can get in there and talk to him if you want. I'm definitely going to try to talk to him real quick. Yeah. Before your match. Cause other people are going on. Yeah, well, I'm not going to go in while a match is happening, since he's commentating, so that would be weird. But, like, in between matches, when there's, like, a downtime, she's going to try to go in just to talk to him real quick. Yeah, there's a part, like, where a reporter runs over, and they're like, uh, Arjit, Arjit, what can you tell us about that match? And he's like, oh, I just had to go out there and got to give 110%. I had to eat my vitamins, say my <laughs> prayers, and, uh, you know, do all that. Stayed in school. Paid my capitalist taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my taxes in on time, and... Walked my dog twice a day. Twice a day. It's important. Got to set an example. You got to represent the city. You just can't let any cat off the street walk in here and just uh, disrespect you. And, you know, just all the hard work you put in. And while that's happening, like, yeah, Diego is taking a little break. He mutes his mic and he's uh, checking his Twitter <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, so what do you what do you do? Uh, well, I will come inside. I will knock on the door and just say, uh, Really, really excited to be on the show tonight and uh, go up, offer him my hand. Uh, he shakes your hand. You guys have met before. You're not like close or anything, but he knows you. The the handshake thing, it's again, it's like the just the respect thing that wrestlers tend to give, especially veterans, is uh, they, they want to be treated like they're important. <laughs> he is very important. He says, uh, yes. so Kat, how's the uh, how's the rookie looking? You, you excited about the storyline? Think uh, the robot's going to work out? I got big. I, I got big uh, ambitions about tonight. I think tonight's going to go great. I mean, this 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 is a crowd that loves loves robots. So, I think the crowd's going to eat this up. And I got a I got a couple tricks up my sleeve. I think we're going to get some big pops tonight. <laughs> also, it's worth noting uh, it, when Diego was in the big leagues, it was like a multinational league, right? Not just Valentine. He probably wouldn't have rose to such prominence if he was just in Valentine because they do. They're homers. They love lizards and they love robots. And he is a Goliath. So he's super popular because he has like that classic adonis physique right he's like totally blown out musculature and stuff mm -hmm. which plays almost anywhere but valentine so that i think that's an interesting thing is like he sees like the dynamic of this it's not like what he would want uh, ideally he would want people to like be like big and strong like him right we got some real fucking like meta commentary here going on too <laughs> i do know some stuff about behind the scenes wrestling vince mcmahon loves those big muscly guys right he likes big sweaty muscly men yep that's 100% exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, that's what that's what's going on here. <laughs> um, so he greets you and he says, that's, you know, that's good here. The good here. They're working out. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good, good tournament. I think we might be able to make some merch off this stuff too. really start selling that. I think the I got some good stuff in mind. You got the shirt designs in. Uh, I got a couple shirt ideas. I got a lot of cool stuff lined up for this. You're going to love this. The crowd's going to be popping. This is going to be a big show. <laughs> have you seen have you seen the analytics? Water bottles are really big this quarter. Yeah, I can work on, uh, I, I don't know what uh, my, my, analy yeah, we, we can buy water, water bottles. We can make water bottles all the time. <laughs> People got to drink. Cap Captain Kraken Bane is the first person you should be thinking of when you get a wrestling water bottle, right? Yeah, you got to find your niche. You got to find the thing that people identify with you. It's yeah, that's that's how I survived out on the ocean for that long was thanks to my trusty water bottle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but separating that seawater from the, you know, the not seawater. But no sneakers. That's mine. That's my thing. Oh, yeah, no, I, I barely ever wear shoes. So, yeah, that's don't need to do that. But we, we'll market the crap out of, uh, out of water bottles. All right. Get out there and uh, sell some water bottles. <laughs> All right. Make sure uh, I'll see you later then. And uh, give him like a, a high five. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. best friends now. I mean, he high fives you, but your hand fits in like the creases in his palm. <laughs> uh, uh, before we go out, I want to try to catch uh, Lenora real quick. Hi. Hey, okay, good stuff out there. You guys didn't get uh, the crap beat out of you, which is a pretty good thing. I hurt. <laughs> yeah, it looked like they gave you a couple really stiff shots there at the beginning. Uh, sorry about that. There's uh, some hazing that they do around here. It's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm strong. There's usually like a person back here who can like heal you up too. So if you need that, go look for that. But uh, real quick beforehand, could I use you for something during my entrance? Uh, well, <laughs> anything you want. What do you need me to do? You can make like really big sound effects from far away, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so you're going to need to be, like, right outside the curtain in, because when I get about halfway out onto the ramp, I'm going to do this particular move. I want you to make the sound of, like, a giant ship kind of cresting over a wave. You know, that kind of, like, sound, right? Yeah, and then there's, like, the whoosh of the water, and... Yeah, yeah, I got the water covered. If you can make that sound, that would be tight. Do you want a foghorn? Can Thaumaturgy do that? I am not sure what a foghorn is, but go for it. <laughs> the big brah ship noise. Then yes, that's what Captain Kraken Kraken Babe should have, right? A ship yeah, noise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. You're the best. While 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 they're talking, uh, Ed will probably walk up while he's in costume and well gussied up for the occasion. Finally. We're going to need descriptions of both of your costumes. I do just want to say before that happens, though, does Chris not know what a foghorn is? Or does Katarina? No, I know I know what a foghorn is. Okay. I, I was fairly certain that was a Katarina thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are you guys, how are you guys dressed? I'll, I'll start real quick. Uh, Captain Katarina Krakenbane's uh, wrestling attire is sort of like uh, the traditional spandex sort of, you know, shorts and all that deal. But then her entrance gear has like, a tattered captain's cloak, like a pirate captain's coat that she wears out there. And she has like the very big, like tricorder hat with like a pirate uh, Jolly Roger on the front of it. And uh, the back of her coat also has a new message on it. Normally it doesn't, but it has on the very back of it. Hashtag sail on. <laughs> Branding. She Look, you got to get that shit trending. All right. Mm hmm. You know how long fucking Vince McMahon used to push tout just because they were the only company using it? All right. That's what they care about. They want to trend on the social media they don't understand. Ed is, first and foremost, um, he used disguise self and he actually used a, um, a sorcery point to extend it to last two hours instead of just one hour to make his chassis look more bronze, a bit rusted with like sort of scuff marks all over it and like faded logos that look almost like they're supposed to be tattoos here and there on his chassis but they're sort of worn off and faded um as for his attire on stage he's probably just gonna be wearing like like pants and shoes sort of as that sort of get up for his entrance attire he's gonna look kind of like and correct me if i'm pronouncing this name incorrectly chris but johnny spondy from guilty gear a little bit uh i don't know how to pronounce his last name but yeah johnny from guilty gear should be enough johnny from guilty gear yeah so he has like the overcoat um and a wide brimmed hat and 120 abs <laughs> yes so yeah, his upper torso is exposed to kind of show like the roughed up parts here and there on the back are two hashtags one is sail on the other one is make some noise and the um 
as he's entering with as he's entering with Katarina, he's going to be playing a concertina, which is like a little accordion thing, while a mage hand is floating above him with a tambourine to sort of add to the festival as they sort of walk in. A mysterious new challenger emerges. Who knows where this shiny gladiator hails from? I don't. I didn't get the script. <laughs> there is no script. <laughs> He's a complete mystery and a total unknown quantity, and we're going to find out tonight if he has what it takes. Put your hands together for Noise Machine. Like I've seen various other wrestlers where they kind of move in. They're not like walking slowly he's sort of more moving around almost like skipping from side to side down the ramp in his hands is a small accordion also known as a concertina that he's sort of playing while above him is the spectral mage's hand with the tambourine keeping time and occasionally he takes his hands off the concertina to like give high fives to whoever offers a hand up and kind of make his way towards the stage all right so as you're making your way down the ramp uh the the, the entrance music really kicks into overdrive um, and the crowd flips out because they know what's up because uh, it's getting real nautical up in this piece. Uh, uh, Lenora, are you doing ship sounds and so forth? <laughs> yes, you're welcome for that. All right. Uh, you know her. You love her. Captain Katarina Krakenbane has returned from the high seas where she has bested the Leviathan. <laughs> in the off season, just at, just as a warm up, uh, put your clamshells together. <laughs> what? <laughs> and welcome, Captain Katarina Krakenbane. What are you doing? Uh, so she's gonna come out with like huge energy to her, like definitely like shining around as she comes out. Gives like a big like uh, finger up to the air as she like hits the the first like entrance part, and then as she starts going down the ramp, she's gonna like start creating those whips of water that she she uses in her trademark move and she's gonna time this with the the big ship like coasting over sound where she'll just swing her whips and basically have them kind of splash off so like a little bit of water going into the crowd as like this big like ship coasting over a tide sound effect plays so it feels very thematic and big like a ship just passed over to the people who are in like that entrance way kind of crowd and uh, as as soon as that passes over, she's going to like raise her fist into the air and shout out, "Sail on!" <laughs> Do you want to make a performance roll? Because you you to in in order to convince Diego to rebook the the match, you're going to need to get this crowd absolutely frothing wild. Is it possible for Ed to sort of assist her during that moment where yeah. the sail on like declarations happening? Okay, uh, twenty three. Fuck yes! 23! Yes, they're they're flipping the fuck out. What is your core demographic? Is it like children? Is it like... Uh... Yeah, I, I think kids particularly like her because she has sort of that superhero aesthetic to her where it's just like a larger-than-life sort of figure. Um, so I think a lot of kids probably get into her. Um, yeah, there's probably a couple like older people, like, uh, you know, like young adults that are into it just because it's a... a less nerdy character like she's not a goody two-shoes per se she's supposed to be like a, a a badass warrior who sailed the seas but i think kids predominantly are the ones who who really get into her 
Every time you wrestle, internet searches for marine biologist major go spike <laughs> up. Everyone gets really excited. Yeah, and it, we're in the middle of a desert, so they probably don't get to see a whole lot of water stuff. So, you know, it helps with that, too. Uh, and Katerina I'm, uh, is going to, in particularly, try to uh, spot a kid in the front row uh, anywhere around ringside. Steal them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, mine now. No, she's going to run up to uh, the uh, kid that she sees, particularly one who looks really engaged with what's happening. Mm-hmm. And she is going to pull out from inside of her jacket a smaller miniature version of the hat that she has right now. And she is going to give it to that child. And she's going to say, Gyar, you be my second mate. I need you to make sure that the crowd stay hot as soon as we get going there. All right. You're in charge. Should anything happen to me? Uh, <laughs> this is the best. Oh, my God. Okay, so you guys enter the ring. Before I introduce the other team, uh, what are uh, Lenora and Frank doing backstage? Because you guys are in the locking r- locker room. Like, nobody expects anything of you right now. Okay, so here's, here's where I'm at. If we, we can we can spend this match looking for the belt. If we can't find the belt, between matches, there is an option of trying to magic our way into letting Katarina win. Where, where would you start on trying to heist this thing? Can I do a perception, would it be, or investigation uh, to try and spot where, if anywhere, is most guarded? Also, I probably should have asked this before I rolled things earlier. I'm going to go ahead and assume that I'm no longer disadvantaged on everything. Okay, so we have a lot of things going on at once. Uh, Laura, do you want to say your role before? My investigation was a uh, botch. I got one plus five. I crit. <laughs> Can I get a break? <laughs> <laughs> uh, roll 20. Get off my nuts for like a second of trying to do a show. Natural <laughs> one plus five and a natural 20 plus three. Well done. All right, so we got a botch and a crit and you guys are together. Wonderful. All right, Lauren, can you re-ask your question? Um, I forgot to ask earlier, but do I still have disadvantage on everything? So, Rosen did get you another pill of Nox. You have that with you. The edges come off, so you don't have disadvantage on everything, which is why you were able to wrestle more or less okay. But you do psychologically want to take it, even though your stats aren't affected anymore. So, you you can choose how to roleplay this, but you do have another pill. Despite the fact that Lenora may want to take it? Mm-hmm. She's going to not because she's trying to save it for when she needs it. So you need those heckle, uh, heckle, how do you say that word? Jekyll and Hyde powers. My mouth is so bad today. Um, <laughs> I'm also having a fucking mental breakdown about how to, what to do with this crit in this botch. <laughs> All right. So you don't take the pill for now, but you have it. Um, but I think you are, you are like your hands are shaking a little bit and you're like blinking a little bit too much because uh, you do have like a psychological need for it. Maybe we'll, we'll roll like, uh, constitution or something later to see if if the effects get bad but right now frank and lenora you guys are searching backstage to try to figure out where to go you guys come to a fork in the road and you're both equally convinced that each direction is correct <laughs> frank you are 100 sure it's left and lenora you're 100 sure it's right let's let's scooby this one i wonder which of us will be correct right <laughs> You guys split up at that fork. This isn't even that bad because you were contemplating splitting up before anyway. So, yeah. you know what? It could be worse. Um, no, Frank, you fall into a spike pit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I hate those backstage spike pits at these wrestling shows. <laughs> well, you never played Mega Man wrestling? They're everywhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> so back in the ring, Captain Katarina Krakenbane and her new partner, Noise Machine, are in there. You guys are, uh, you know, strutting for the audience, getting them all whipped up, and suddenly the lights go out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And Diego says... And now, a dark challenger approaches. The crowd knows what's up, and they start booing immediately because they hate this team. The first person who comes out is, it's there's no other way to say it, it is a mushroom person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a myconid is the name of this species. It is a sapient fungi. They communicate through spores. Uh, so actually, this this wrestler doesn't ever do any mic work. They just basically wrestle because they don't talk, but they have a very talkative partner, as you're about to find out. And as this mushroom person like comes in down the ramp while it's all dark and spooky and the music is playing, Diego says, Hailing from deep underground comes the most despicable villain in all of Valentine history. Spore. And it's S-P-O with an umlau. R-E, obviously. Mm. Um, very very foreign and spooky. Spore gets into the ring with you two and just like gives you the point of doom. Just like, you're next. But Spore does not talk uh, because Myconids do not talk. Mm. Um, and everyone starts like, you know, booing and throwing things. They're like, go back to your hole, mushroom man. <laughs> we don't want you here. Aww. They're all like, yeah, it's, it's just straight up racism. <laughs> Lord, it's a wrestling show. It really is. Well, congratulations, it's wrestling. This team, by the way, is called The Outsiders, I think. Or you know what? There is a wrestling team called The Outsiders, because I checked. Is there a team called is there a team called The Others, Chris? Not any not a notable one that I can think of. Alright, then they're called The Others. From the backwoods Podunk village of Ilium comes the fighter you love to hate. Veltari the third. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> and outstruts a Bozog. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I have too many thoughts and feelings right now. For listeners new to our show, Bozogs are a creature we invented, which are kind of like uh, velociraptors meet emus. They're both reptilian and avian. Veltari is the is the most common Bozog name. It's basically like John or like, <laughs> it's like stereotypical. It'd be like calling a French person like Francois or something. It, it, this is basically a racist joke that they gave them the most Bozog name possible. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not this person's actual name. She's probably like Sarah or something. Um, but... Like the the thing is, Veltari the Third is actually really popular because she is still reptilian in a sense, and the crowd loves her. But she's like a, a really popular villain, like the Joker or something, because she's also like part bird, and birds eat reptiles, and she's from the mystic faraway other place, which is the setting of season three. But it's not super important if you don't know that. Um, and Bozogs are they have huge wings, they have really like long legs with like really sharp claws, they have um like lizard mouths, so they're not quite like ostriches basically but she does she has this really kick heavy fight style she's always like kicking people with her sharp claws basically and she comes like strutting she's doing like the monty python walk basically like all legs <laughs> like just legs for days just doing all kinds of stuff and everyone's booing but they're actually excited to see Veltari because she's very hateable so she comes out and she's like hey losers <laughs> y'all ready to see some kicks <laughs> i don't 
I'm so glad that my being on season three of Dice Funk had some tangible long-term effect on this universe. <laughs> you, everyone has left a lot of imprints in the fabric of the society. Um, and everyone's like, no, not the kicks, Viltari. And she's like, no, it's time to kick. <laughs> Go kick! <laughs> Can't wait to kick! No one's even arguing with her. She's just making the argument with herself, basically. <laughs> Uh, also, she has a totally normal voice. Like, this, like she's just at her job or whatever. She's like, "Yeah, I had a really nice lunch." But like, her her persona is having a stereotypical Bozog accent, right? Which you've established is just ruining the podcast audio with every possible opportunity with me screeching. <laughs> uh, my 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 audio correction software hates you whenever you do that. I'm just gonna say, yeah, that. but that's what that's how Bozog sound. I'm I I, I don't I don't <laughs> deny it. I'm just stating something. All right, here. so Veltari the third enters the ring and she starts like she stands up like on one foot and starts kicking the air like uh, Bruce Lee basically and spores like circling around her like shooting up spores because that's his whole thing and they're like they're stunting basically and the lights come up because it was dark for their entrance because they're heels can I just say, I hope that the that Veltari the Bozog uh, came out to at least some like very heavy rock music as a as a walk on. Just feels appropriate. Yeah, I have all the entrance music picked out. It, this episode is going to take a thousand years to edit. <laughs> I already hate myself. Um, but yeah, you guys are ready to go. Uh, I'm going to start things off by going over to offer like the honorable handshake at the start of it which is like an in-character thing to do. Heels usually are not, they're going to be like, they slap it away or they spit on your hand or they use it as an opportunity to cheap shot or something like that. Yeah, you go into handshake and Spore goes like he's going to handshake you and then just like sprays spores in your face and like runs around like, oh. <laughs> but he can't make noises, but that's the that's the effect. You! She's going like, to give like a point before she uh, heads back to her quarter of the ring before things start. Because the bell hasn't rung yet. It's dishonorable to attack your opponent before the bell rings. Veltar is like, the do-gooders fall for it every time. <laughs> I love Veltari. <laughs> All right, you guys want to roll initiative? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's do this. Let's let's do this. 14. 20. 10. All right, so first up, Captain Katarina Krakenbein. All right, well, I'm going to uh, start things off by running up and uh, going after uh, Spore, because Spore was a dishonorable cheater <laughs> who decided to spray me when uh, I was giving a, an honorable handshake. So, 14. Uh, yep, that hits. Okay, cool. So, just go up and just uh, basically run him over and give uh, Spore a clothesline. Nice. Uh, so he falls down and there's like a, a spray of spores. <laughs> like, it's obvious. It's self-evident. I barely need to add that, but that is how they work. Um, so you knock him down. I want to make it flavorful where she's like bouncing off the ropes, going for more like clotheslines, like a very traditional thing where like you go for a clothesline and that person hits, like gets hit by it and they fall down and they get right back up just as the other person's like bouncing off the ropes again. So she's going for like these multiple clothesline things to kind of start things off with a little bit of excitement. Mm hmm. Uh, and Spore is going to, uh, you know, get to their feet shakily and try to blind you with blinding spores, his signature move. 24. That's a super hit, so. So, yeah, he gives you, I mean, it's literally just like, it, in actuality, these spores are just things that let you, you let you communicate telepathically if you breathe them in. So it's like, hey, cat, how's your day? <laughs> how's it going, Spore? Looking forward to the night. It's, it's Steve, but. I mean, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it it all depends on how you introduced yourself to me. You know, that's kind of the big thing. <laughs> all right. I'll see you after. <laughs> gotcha. 
<laughs> okay. Um, and meanwhile, Veltari's going to run over and start to, <laughs> to kick this stuffing out of noise machine. Uh, 17. Um, yeah, that beats my armor class. All right. So he does basically does the uh, the anime like thousand kicks like just kicking you all over and it doesn't hurt at all. And it is now noise machine's turn. Noise machine is going to try to fend off the kick. Uh, well, it's going to take the hits from uh, Veltari the third before staggering back, pausing for a moment, planting and then doing like a sort of a spinning elbow to Veltari to sort of knock her back and then follow up with a quick punch. 21 on that. Nice. You definitely hit. How's that look? Basically, like once Veltari like takes the the, the fake elbow, staggers back, Noise Machine just falls with a punch and then eh, why not follow up with a little bit of a drop kick, landing cleanly and then getting back up though. Doing drop kicks is still something he probably shouldn't do too much for himself, but fortunately the ground is safe for falls like that. And Veltar is like, ah, I hate robots. <laughs> <laughs> they do such good kicks. <laughs> Kick eats my thing. It's my whole deal. Trademark. <laughs> uh, Veltar. Okay, so yeah, so Veltar is gonna run and jump off of Spore, so we're gonna get an advantage on this to try to do a flying kick into Katarina. Oh, crit. That's spectacular. It's not, not damage, obviously, because it's a good, super good wrestling move. This is like the one time that as the player, I'm super excited when you crit because them doing well is more beneficial to me in the long term. Yeah, actually, because this wrestling is going so well, why don't you make another performance roll with advantage? Try to get the crowd pumped up because she jumps off Spore, flies through the air and starts kicking you while she's in the air and you get a chance. Yes! I crit. Holy shit! On a 24. Okay. <laughs> so let me part the curtain for a second. The chances <laughs> of Chris slash Katarina convincing Diego to change the script to win were pretty low. I was going to be really strict. I mean, I still am going to be really strict with these roles. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you're going to need at least one crit psyching the, the crowd up to turn this around. Like, I can't just give this to you, right? For it to mean something. That crit, like... This episode's almost over. Keep that in mind, like, going forward. That is absolutely crucial. Mm-hmm. All right, so tell me what you do exactly, because she's kicking you. She's she's up in the air. She's, like, flapping to keep herself, uh, you know, above you, and she's kicking down at you. What do you do to get the crowd fucking losing their mind? Okay, so she jumps up in the air. She's kicking at me with her, uh, you know, thousand kicks. <laughs> and Katarina's, like, taking a couple of them. She's, you know, trying to back away. And then she's going to basically reach out and grab uh, Veltari by the waist and just... Throw her down for this big from the air power bomb, and Diego go, like starts wigging out too. He's like, "Oh, I've never seen this. How could you do that? She's the kick master. You can't just grab her out of one of her thousand kicks. This is unprecedented, folks. This is what all those battles at sea have taught you. <laughs> the, 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 the sea is a harsh mistress, but she teaches you how to power bomb." <laughs> and and during this edit, like whatever, when Ed's kind of. On the side, he's going to try to turn to the crowd and kind of help assist in the hyping of the crowd when Katarina does something like that. So, I mean, you guys are booked to win. You're going to win no matter what. But you're winning with such panache right now that I actually want to cut away from this. I think we're going to pick up here next week. Let's cut to Frank and Lenora searching right now to finish this up. Me. Yo, you crit. Yes, I sure did. You did. So you go, you're walking down a hallway. You've never been here before. It smells like sweat. You're tired and shaking a little bit. You turn a corner and you see there are two lizard folk guarding a door. Do they see me? No, you peek around. You got to you crit. Okay. 
They have uh, what appear to be like tasers and mace on their belts. Is there any signage on the door? Uh, employees only. Okay, yeah. So Lenora is going to go ahead and assume that's it. Um, I don't know how far away Frank is. I'm going to try to use message my cantrip to say I think I found it. Uh, he's too far away to message and also something's happening to Frank. Uh-oh. Oh, great. So I, so I guess I'll head back and try to find Frank. So you find where you think the belt is, and then you leave to go tell people. Uh, but yes. you got, you are pretty far from Frank. You guys took a fork, and you both went in opposite directions. So, Frank, you're walking down a hallway in an unfamiliar building, King Coliseum. You've never been here. Uh, you you know, most uh, card tournaments are in game shops, uh, the LGS, as they call it in the scene. And you are just walking around. You're trying to find uh, suspicious doors, some security forces. Uh, you turn a corner, and someone pulls a gun on you. <laughs> Um, hi, sorry, um, I was just trying to, just trying to find the, uh, the bathroom. Inspector William Graves says, so you got yourself a third job, huh, cards? Well, you know, one of my people is already, uh, already a wrestler and they just needed a bit of a hand because they're, they're always looking for, for, what's it, jobbers? Always looking for jobbers, so I, I... you know, I made some friends. I agree to help out. Graves grabs you by the collar, slams you into the wall. Right. And puts the gun to your head and says, so here's how this is going to work. I'm going to ask you questions. And every time you lie to me, I'm going to pull the trigger. There's that whole stick again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make the observation. You're not allowed to do anything to me. I'm here for a legitimate reason. Graves pulls the trigger. Are you excited to read credits? I love reading the credits. It's my all-time favorite pastime. Even more than petting cats? No. Well, then you lied. You just lied to all the listeners. Well, I forgot about petting cats, I guess. <laughs> Always be petting. They're so soft. Bellies and they attack. It's a weird thing. It is. I have a lot of music credits this month because we have a wrestling arc and entrance music is a necessary element so i'm going to do this right now we have our normal intro music new jack mantle an arrangement of the mantle from nights into dreams we have music of funk an arrangement of stage one gotham city from batman we have linear groove an arrangement of a type and b type from tetris as well as and here we go Geofractura, an arrangement of Fracture Zone from Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> Spaghetti Cowboy, an arrangement of Stage 1 background music from Gunsmoke. The Clock Tower, an arrangement of Interruption from Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon. Fan- <laughs> Funky Bukas, an arrangement of Bazaar <laughs> from Earthbound. And Madcap Magma, an arrangement of Hothead Bop from Donkey Kong Country 2.
You named them all. I did that. Now it's your turn to name some stuff. Okay. <laughs> Here are the producers. That's what they do, right? That's what it is. Yeah, executive producers for the month of January 2018 are... Oh, God, it's a new year. Oops. We just continue moving forward. Inexorable. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to start reading names. Are we going back and forth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ex Deliris. <laughs> Kerstine Haslinger. Joseph Tombrello. Jade. Brent. The Cult of Orphanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshiro Kuro. Andrew Grothen. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Sever. Morgan Rapp. Madison Lilith McKenzie. Notorious Stoltz. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Brickfire. Marble Toast. Criterion. Wren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen Indie Monster Winwick Ford. <laughs> Josie G. Gazay. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Jason. Ken Furstel. Eleanor No Nante Sees Periton. Scott Cummings. <laughs> that was a pause you did there. <laughs> Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Jew Man Jack. Mel Tiche. Arjun DeKonig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Ziphosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Thorsten Gross. Devin Smith. Caster UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Amanda Linetti. Junk 2.0. Rebecca Hadsel. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Eugene T. Connor Reynolds. Brett Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Gosh. <laughs> Francois V. Shanus. Dennis Pancake Detlefson. Miko Kiriokongus. Dennis Bankston. Josh Moger. Moger? I tried. <laughs> Indigo Van Dane. Allison Ansel. Sydney Marzing. Just a jester. Savarn Akrasimova. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Sarah Hanley. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stolfar. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Kevin Sidlow. Christopher Charlau. Jorrit. Vigar Arnston. Cody Jackson. August Rue. Luke Powers. Hedron Master. Irwin. Layla Gadek. You tried. Aw. That was pretty good. Michael Hall. Ingmar Gremmen. Oh, a big list. A big list this month. Thankfully. Blessed. Thanks, my dudes. For a hand emoji. We also have to thank uh, Johnny Maloney. Oh, for his special guest poetry slam. His <laughs> Yes. Uh, all rights reserved for all his good poetry and work. Um, thank you, Johnny. Uh, I would have as many players as possible on the show if it were feasible. We can't add anymore, but we do love Johnny, so we try to get him involved. I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah, if we had any more, I think you would literally die. What else do we say during this part? Uh, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. <coughs> A sneeze. A sneeze, yeah. So uh, subscribing and commenting and rating, and doing sneezing. all those things. Sneezing. You gotta sneeze. Just let it out. Patreon! For you and Chris, weekly manga recap and Austin Yorsky. 
I know things. You do know things. And of course, Laura is at kotaku.co.uk. I don't know why I can't pronounce that word. Kotaku. Kotaku? Yeah. You do have a hard time. Or she's Laura K. Buzz. Everywhere. 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 And Skitch is Michael Skitchiano. And what's his bandcamp? Is skitch.bandcamp.com, is it not? I believe so. It'd be embarrassing if we were wrong. Oh, God, I hope not. I'm sorry, Skitch. Special thanks to your cats, who are <laughs> guest stars this season. Do you want to give them a shout out? Uh, there's Zelda, mm-hmm. who is weird. Awesome. And there's Anna, who is a fucking dumbass, <laughs> who likes bread. <laughs> she will steal bread. No, but nobody's bread is safe. 